Welcome to the Author's Way podcast, a journey to finding your voice. I believe that our stories are powerful, our experience have helped to teach us important lessons, and our stories help us to use those lessons to teach others. Stay tuned to hear some great stories and learn how you can use your own stories to raise your professional profile, promote your brand, and become a published author. Hey there. Welcome to the Author's Way podcast, The Journey to Finding Your Voice. My name is Jennifer Wright, and I'm your podcast host. Today, I have as my guest, Brian Perry. He is a singer, songwriter, copywriter, clarity coach, book author, and speaker. So he has a lot of great insights about creativity and writing and all kinds of different types of creation. So I'm really, I'm really interested in having this conversation with him today. And I think you will enjoy it as well. So before we get there, though, just wanted to remind you that the podcast is brought to you by ExecuWrite. We are book writers, book writing partners, and book publishers. We help business leaders to get their voices out into the world, get their visibility, raise their visibility, raise their credibility out in the market, and get their get their books published and out in the hands of their audience. So if you have a book in your head, your heart, your soul, and you really want to get it out there, but you're not really sure how to, head over to our website, take a look, and schedule a strategy session. We'd love to hear what you have going on. That's execurite.com. That's E-X-E-C-U-W-R-I-G-H-T.com. All right. So welcome, Brian. Thank you very much for joining me today. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Jennifer. I'm thrilled to be here and and I, I enjoy talking with you. I'm excited to talk about creativity and writing. And I, and I, when you were just pitching Execurite just then, I was thinking in my head, yes, without delay, whatever your book <laughs> is, whatever your idea is, get it out into the world. Yes. <laughs> so thank you for you having know, we me. We all have great stories to tell. We all do. Everybody does. And we all have expertise to share. And so it's, to me, it's almost like a no-brainer. Yes. Yes. You need to, you need yeah. to write your book. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so much <laughs> of my work is about helping people uh, helping myself to begin with, to be honest, but helping people get out of their own way um, mm-hmm. and into their own way, like to be living their their truest story. We all we all have a story. We, we're writing a story. We live. We're living a story. We write, you know, and we do that with our thoughts and our words and our deeds and what I'm passionate about and the various things that you laid out there that I do, the mechanisms that I help people serve people on their story mm-hmm. is helping them find sometimes it's words with, with copywriting sometimes mm-hmm. it, it's focus and clarity about what is that thing that I want that story I want to tell right the clarity coaching sometimes it's you know that way that music has the ability to kind of articulate the emotional experience of our lives in a way that helps us feel it more fully and that's with the music I help people with their story there and and with the speaking and the and the books it's it's about providing tools and strategies things that you can do right now to live into more of that story. Because I think too often people are afraid to take up space, afraid to fully inhabit their story. Yeah, so I'm uh, sorry, just going going on right off right out of the gate here. But so I'm really passionate about, I think even all the more so after the last two and a half years, um, tomorrow's yeah. not promised and right. there will never be another you. And we want to hear your story. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love how you put that. I was going to say you wear many hats, but it's almost the same hat, just wearing it in, in a lot of different ways. Because exactly all right. of the things that you do are so interconnected. Yeah. Thank you for saying that because I honestly, my own imposter syndrome, sometimes I feel like I confuse people. But the truth is that there's a real through line and that through line mm -hmm. is story. And that through line is helping you to share and live and experience the richest version of you. I do these um, quotes on the back of my car. I call them hindsights. been doing ah, it for about 12 years. I love and, that. Yeah, it's so fun. And what I do is about every week, I t you know, one of those pens, people are just married and all that kind of stuff. I use one of those mm -hmm. pink pens. And every week I kind of coach myself through to, hey, if I was reminded of one thing this week, randomly, spontaneously, if somebody was coming up to me and saying, blank, what's that one thing that I need to hear yeah. to shift something or or change a, a thought pattern or something in my life? And I say all that to say this right now, the one that I just put up there is let you be the you 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 can be, you know? <laughs> I love and, that. Yeah, you know, that's great. Because I mean, that's what that's where I think that's the greatest gift we can give to each other and to really the planet. And so, yeah, the through line of what I do is is story and helping people be that you against you. <laughs> yeah, story is so important. It's how we connect with each other. Yes. Yeah, and and it's so important in so many different ways. Whether you're, you know, you're marketing your business or you're writing a book or you're teaching, or, I mean, right. it becomes important in so many different aspects of our lives. And I also think it's, it's an extraordinarily brave thing to do for people to tell their stories. And it's scary. And in some cases, it's hard because some of us have drama and trauma and, and different things, but there's so much power in being able to do that as well. Hundred percent. And what's more, I think when I look at stories that that I have told or heard over the years, it, it's it's almost more scary in the anticipation than mm, it is yeah. in the execution. That very often the thing that I'm most longing to say, that feels scariest to me to share or write, mm -hmm. when I do it, well, I'll put it in this context. I remember speaking with a therapist years ago that I, that I was working with, and I shared some deep, dark secret, which wasn't that deep or dark, but, but some animosity that I had toward my wife at the time that I felt really guilty about having. And when I shared it, he was like, oh, wait, is that it? Or are yeah. you done? Yeah, everybody feels that way. And, and so I think it's what's really liberating is the more I show up fully and share those stories that feel scary, the less scary they become. Yeah. And what's even more important, and this I, I love that my journey as a songwriter offers me on the regular, the more deeply honest I am in a song, really, really honest, without exception, the more universal it becomes. Mm. It's those songs where I've been like, I really can't say this. Can I say this? I can't say this. That people reach out to me going, oh my God, I needed to hear that. You know, we're longing to feel seen, I think, more than anything else. And when authors share, or writers of any stripe share from that truly authentic place, people feel seen in the dark corners of their lives in the most right. healing way. It's beautiful. Right. And, you know, I talk to so many people that, you know, they cross over that kind of chasm of 
going from, okay, I can't say this to, oh, now right. I've, now I've said it. And it can create huge transformation. Yes. I mean, yes. it can, it can literally change, you know, how you look at yourself, how you look at the world around you. When you, once you take that, that big step. Which is amazing, right? Because all that's happened is you have shared a story, which is simply a narrative in your head. Yeah. About something about you, about something you've experienced. It doesn't, it's not like an, a thing that has an intrinsic danger or power. Right. But something about exorcising it or sharing it or, or exposing and exploring it empowers you in a way that's far richer than it kind of ought to be. But it is, you know, yeah, I love it. I love it. It's, it's, and I love the moments that start with, I've never told anyone this before. Uh, right. <laughs> that's, that's when a shift is taking place, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I love that. That's the juice. It's, yeah, those are the moments that I get changed and I get to step into that sense of more of me, if that makes sense. So you're highly creative. So, you know, songwriting, writing, writing, you know, book writing, being a speaker. I mean, those are all, you know, really highly creative activities. How did you get there? Was this something that you evolved into? Have you always felt like you were really a creative type of person? That's a great question. I would say emphatically no. <laughs> <laughs> I would say what I felt like when I look back in my youth, what I felt was like an alien person. I felt like I didn't make sense in most places, that I, f I was too sensitive. I, was, I felt too deeply. I was always the hugger in my family, in my extended family. They always, I was always talked about as the hugger or the sensitive one. In school, I was always the, I was band geek, all through okay. and through. And, and I certainly had a circle of friends in, in those communities, but I felt, I just always felt other. I always felt like I looked at the world differently. I felt more deeply. I felt more connected to, for, I mean, from the jump, life was a purpose-driven endeavor for me. I never understood living anything less than a vocation. Now, creativity-wise, it was music was the first entry point. Like I said, in band and orchestra and such, I was blessed to be part of a really robust program in the Atlanta area at Walton High School. And the band director at the time, Bob Coles, didn't just give us pieces of music and teach us to play them. He really explored them and taught us to really visualize and get into what the what was intended and what's the emotional landscape of this. I think, so fast forward, it was when I went to college and I was listening to a lot of singer-songwriter types at the time, Inigo Girls and Springsteen mm -hmm. and, and people like that. James Taylor, of course. Somewhere in the midst of all that, I was wrestling with my sense of not belonging. I was wrestling with what I would later understand to be neurodivergence in me um, around depression and anxiety and dyslexia and ADHD. I didn't know any of that at the time. All I knew was that I was felt really isolated and everything was really dark. And I picked up a guitar. And in somewhere in that, something at the intersection of the music and, and words I started to find a way to express myself, and I found that my too sensitive, too much personality wasn't too much on a stage. Ah. 
it is exactly what you showed up for. It's not too much in a song. Right, right. It's not too much in places that you show up to for that intensity, for that vulnerability, when that's what you are looking for. And so I rapidly kind of found this is where I can be who I am. And people don't look at me like a freak. They look at me like, oh, yeah, this is what I came here for. And it was from that, from music that I found my way. I found that I had a, an ability to speak. And through all of that, it was later that I kind of through talks and such that I rolled into people saying, hey, I really I love your music, but I really like to take your words home from the talk as well. And that's how I started mm -hmm. writing books. And so, yeah, that's where it all came from and still comes from for me. It's it's music and words are how I enter and understand the world. It's, it's how I make sense of it. That's it's still I mean, I got my guitar sitting next to me at my desk all the time. It's still what I turn to when I'm trying to understand an emotion or experience. Yeah. I've been talking a while. Pause and <laughs> let you. No, that's so, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's so interesting when you, and, and I've kind of discovered this, there's so many things that I've learned as an adult that I wish I knew when I was younger. You know, when you really start to kind of understand yourself and how you show up and I can totally relate to that sense of not feeling like you fit. I was the same. I was the band geek also, but I didn't even completely feel like I fit, like I fit into that world. I, and, and there were none of the other worlds that I grew up in that I really, where I fit was yeah. reading. Mm -hmm. I like to, I like to read and I like to go off by myself and mm -hmm. read. And I would write when I, you know, when I was off by myself. So I tell I the story that. that I've written thousands of pages and never shared any of it with anyone. Yeah. So, and it wasn't until I discovered helping others share their stories that I really felt like I found like my space, my, you know, my thing, my voice. You know, but that, um, but wouldn't you say that those thousands of pages you did not share them with anyone. You shared them with you. Like they were part right. of your right. journey to you, which is, I think too often we get into where's the value derived from the writing. Yeah. You know, and ultimately you and I both found, have, have found platforms through which we can serve with the writing. But I right. think I would say to anyone thinking they might want to write, do, because the value is in the act itself. Like I, I'm at, over my career, I've had various peaks and troughs and will again. And the the people, it never, as I as songwriter years ago, I went to a workshop, a guy named Dave Wilcox. And one of the things he was being asked about is what is it like? He had gotten to a certain level of fame in his genre. And, he, and his response was, it never gets better than when it's you and your guitar writing a song. Mm -hmm. um, nice. If that's enough, then it will be enough. Yeah. If that's not enough, then it won't. And I think that my experience has been that the I continue adulting and the, the pragmatics of life don't, aren't always my strong suit, <laughs> but I continue to get absolute fulfillment in just the act of doing it. You know, yeah. I think part of me, you were talking about going like being by yourself and reading. I have learned in, in recent years, I got confused because I can perform well or, or 
you know, well enough because that, that's a space that I can do something in. I got confused that I was an extrovert when I am not. And, and when I was touring full time, the world was a different place. You didn't have, I couldn't be impeded with a cell phone on the regular. Uh, mm -hmm. So the result was that I'd had these massively extroverted experiences on a stage for a few hours at night and then get in the car and be by myself for 24 hours. Right. And, and have this time to restore. I'm digressing. What I'm trying to get to is that when I was growing up, like you, my going off by myself, I, I became confused with, I, I, it ended up being very involved with the church. I was raised as Catholic and, and I got, I was very involved in that community. And I thought that I maybe was supposed to be a priest. Mm. I was called to live a vocational purpose-driven life. But what I was called is to, that is akin to the priesthood, is to do my best to serve people and be a healing force and create spaces for myself to contemplate and consider mm. and enter the world consciously. And that's where my writing space is, if that makes sense. It makes total sense. I think of it as almost meditation. I have my meditative activities. So I paint. And for me, painting... I see painting behind you. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. But painting for me is like meditation. Totally. I get because that. when I'm doing it, I can block everything else out and just focus on... I do portrait painting, so it's, it's very detailed. Right. So I'm focusing on the details of, of the portrait. And I, I do the same thing with writing. And I, I had a very good friend explain it one time. She called it, she said, when you're writing or you're doing something creative, you're almost like downloading from God. 100%. It, you know, it's, it's like you're taking in, you know, from the universe to create. Couldn't agree more. I, I think, though, I'm, I'm a big believer in, let me say the thing that, that's sometimes controversial for people. I am fully at peace with the notion that it may someday prove that the notion of God or the universe is just a thought in my head. But the reason I'm at peace with that is because when I connect with that source, what I call source, what I call the universe, mm -hmm. what I call God— it calls me to the best parts of me, to the right. highest version of me. And in this space, it calls me into that part of me that is willing to be a creative vessel. Yeah. And that is open to that. And the beauty of it for me that I have learned, because sometimes I think when we get into these conversations, when I'm listening to conversations like this, it can feel like, oh, great, they're talking to me about meditation again. And they're talking to me about this practice. And what I'm talking about meditation, when I'm talking about connecting with spirit or even connecting time for the writing, it can be three to five minutes at a pop and it will yeah. transform your life. My most recent book, uh, The Myth of Certainty and Other Great News, I wrote in five to 10 minute mm. pieces that I just knew that I had something in me. I kept having this thing, ah, there's an idea. There's something that wants to come out. And I finally said, all right, I'll tell you what, I'm going to give five to 10 minutes. I would set a timer on my phone, sit down at my desk and every day sit down there and just type. And I was, it was a running document and with a line between each day so that I could separate it out. And I would just jot down whatever I could about one idea and another idea and another idea. And eventually I just looked at those and went, all right, there's something here. Kind of summarize them on a bunch of index cards, spread those index cards out on my bed and said, is there a thread here? Yeah. And I went, okay, yeah, there is. And 
but it was just five to 10 minutes at a time. And then I took those index cards, I'd go to the library and then it got to be like however much time I had to write. But then it was fun. Mm -hmm. It was just writing to each index card, just little bitty bites at a time. My point is that whether it's you're talking about creating a creative practice, starting to write a book, starting to get yourself into a space of consciousness, prayerfully or meditatively, it doesn't have to be done in large pieces. Yeah. It's, it's done in small bits and with practice. That's how it's done. It's simpler than you think, closer than you think. I completely agree. And I think that's one of the pieces that people get so intimidated with when they, totally. when they want to write. They say, and I've done it myself, sit down. Okay, I'm giving myself an hour to write. And you sit down and you look at the screen and nothing is coming. Right. And so then you tell yourself, well, I'm not a writer. I can't do this. Right. But I think we all have to find our own way to, to do that. I love that as a methodology. I love to tell the story of Maya Angelou. Maya Angelou had some very yeah, interesting, she had some very interesting ways, methods. When she, I believe it was when she wrote her first book, she was so obsessed with getting her book done that she would find any time, any space that she could write, she would keep note cards with her. And if mm. she was driving and stopped at a red light, she would pull out her note cards. And she was actually a, a city bus driver for a I while. I know that. Yes, Or I yes. forgot that if I did. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if that was when she would do that or if she was in her car, but she would she'd be stopped anywhere and she would pull out her note cards and jot down ideas. So she would find any any time, you know, any few minute chunk of time that she had. Right. And she would she would write. So that's, you know, I get from a lot of people, well, I don't Love have that. time. And and it's really just how you find the time yeah. to do it. Yeah. It's it's about it's about intention. It's about yeah. and and what I when people are, are consistently not finding time, I find it's either a fear thing or it's a sometimes it's that you don't really want to do it. Yeah. And and that's okay too. And the journey of getting yourself honest about that. It yeah. might be that you actually don't want to do that project, but you want what you think that project would mean for you. Yeah. And so then you can direct your attention to getting that going, you know. But uh, yeah, Maya's so great. I'm actually reading a book of her poetry right now. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So nice. yeah, I love that. I had yeah. a thought and I lost it. But yeah, I just, I just think it's, it, it, and, I, and very often when I catch myself saying things like, well, let me put it this way. I was on a, I was talking with a guy, a, a songwriter who I was fortunate to be in the room with. He was, he's a guy who's had quite a lot of success and I kind of worked up the courage to go talk to him. And I said, let me ask you a question. What do you do about writer's block? And he said, I don't believe in writer's block. Ah. He, said, he said, what do you mean? I mean, I said, I said, what do you mean? And he said, I don't think there's any such thing as writer's block, just lazy writers. Ah. And then he went on from there. And, and he said, he said that what I mean is that, that I think what writers, when they're starting out, don't realize is you're not, it's not all going to be gold. Right. You're, you got, you're going to write, and, but that's how you get there. You're going to write a lot of things that you don't love to get to the stuff that you do. Because the stuff that you do is tends to be the quietest voice in the room. Mm -hmm. And it just sort of slips out in, at the most interesting and unexpected times. But it only happens if you're showing up to the page. Yeah. And now, to what you're saying with her note cards, everybody has a computer in their pocket. 
Absolutely. And you have, I mean, I have an iPhone. iPhones all come standard with a notes app and a voice memo app. Yeah. And mine are both just loaded with stuff. You know, I'm, I'm essentially a digital hoarder at this point. If this were in real <laughs> life, I'd be carrying around boxes of papers, but that, but it's all there. And the thing, you know, I, I like to make the analogy that if you are on, if you and I decided to hop in the car from, let's say, Atlanta and drive to Portland, we would know the expectation would be that that trip is going to take time. We wouldn't like get to Nashville and be like, doggone it, Nashville. I can't believe I'm in Nashville. It's ridiculous. Why aren't I in Portland yet? We, we, we go, I mean, obviously I'm not in Portland yet. I'm on my way to Portland. And that's how you get yourself in a space to be able to show up to Nashville and be like, ooh, we're on our way. Ooh, we're in Nashville. Let's go and stop at this place and check this place out. And oh, let's go to that cool truck stop. Or let's, you know, things become an adventure. The road trip emerges as this great, rich adventure full of things that you want to notice and drink in. The rainbows, the strange signs, the roadside attractions all become part of the magic of the adventure rather right, right. than antithetical to your arrival in Portland. They're all part of the process. And the process of writing a book or writing whatever is in your heart to write is that kind of a joyful journey, if you let it be. If you don't, you don't measure it at every moment as being, I've just embarked, why aren't I there? Yeah. I often compare writing to learning to play a music. Yes. Play a musical instrument. It you don't just pick up a pen and start writing and then you're the best writer in the world. It takes practice. It takes right. practice writing. It takes reading what other people have have read. You know, as a musician, you listen to right. to other musicians. You listen to other singer-songwriters and you you learn from what they've done. So it's there's really a lot of learning that goes into it and practice. And the more you, the more you practice, the, you know, the better you get at it. But here's the, here's the, you're totally right. And here's the beauty that I think sometimes we forget. I have over the years had the opportunity, mostly because I'm really tall. And on occasion, I've had people that are in the film industry that, that have needed somebody tall on the set, <laughs> but I've had the opportunity to, to do some acting. And I never really went down that path as much because the thing that bugged me about acting is that you spend most of your time auditioning. Right. What I love about well, a lot of the different things I do, but I'll use songwriting as the easiest example. For most people that I know that, that are the art of songwriting, the goal, if you succeed, is that the prize is, yeah, you could do, you get to play cool places and, and perform, you bet. That's amazing. That's wonderful. But the real goal is you want to be able to write songs. You want to spend more and more of your time writing mm -hmm. songs. That's the goal. And the way you get there, as it turns out, is by writing more and more songs, because that's how you get better and better at writing songs. So the way you get to the point where you can spend your time writing songs is by writing songs. And that's the thing with writing, that if you kind of start out going, I know that I feel called to write, that I also know that I'm not great at it. I'm not supposed to be great at it yet. I'm just getting right. started, but I'm really hoping I want to do more writing. I want to do more writing. Well, great. Well, that act of practicing isn't this laborious task. It's you get to write, yeah. which is what you want to be doing while you're getting better at writing. Right. That's, that's how you do it. How great is that? 
Right. Absolutely. <laughs> and it can take on lots of different forms. You can sit down and write a story about, you know, what happened yesterday. You can write about, um, you can write an article about something. You can write a blog post. I mean, all of those different things. Or you can just write something that, that you write for yourself and, you know, it sits in your journal. So, I mean, yes. there's, it can, it can take on so many different forms and and methods to and then it's all just good good practice absolutely everything you just said it's all it's all a good practice it's all part of that journey it all gets you closer and closer to the thing that you really want to say that's longing that's uniquely yours to say because there is something that's uniquely yours to say absolutely yeah i i think there's a line from um the Sondheim musical, Sunday in the Park with George, where he says, whatever you do, let it come from you, then it will be true. Mm. Give us more to see. And I, that's when I'm talking, particularly with my clarity coaching clients, who often come to me thinking that they don't know an answer in their lives. Sometimes it's around a process they're trying to get clear about. Sometimes it's around a vision or a purpose or something they want to talk about or write about or be in the world, that more often than not, it's not that they don't know. It gets back to what we were talking about in the beginning. It's there's a fear of revealing themselves um, that give us more to see. And I think that when we give ourselves that freedom to let it come from you and to borrow, to use a different quote from the very front of uh, Elizabeth Gilbert's Eat, Pray, Love, the opening line is a quote from Cheryl Louise Moeller. It says, tell the truth, tell the truth, tell the truth. Mm-hmm. It's the signature line in my emails because that's where, whether you're ready to be seen that way in the world or not, you get to do that on this written page, on this screen that has no judgment of you. Right. But allows you to see more of you. Right. When you give yourself the permission to do that. Yeah, that's such a, that's such a great sentiment. I love that. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to use that quote. That's, <laughs> that's beautiful. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it's great, right? I, I love it. I love it. It's yeah. in my, on my mind quite often. Yeah. I came across a, it's a coffee mug, and I'd never heard this before, but it just, it's really kind of become my my mantras. Don't quit your daydream. Yes. And yes. I love that. And I love that for for creators. I love it because so many people who are creators find themselves, and I, I did, and find themselves in a job because, you know, bills have got to be paid yep. and we lose some of our, because we get focused on the job, we lose some of our creative voice. And I just, I, that spoke to me so much. I just loved it so much that I'm actually painting a, doing a painting that has that quote on it. Yeah. So I love finding, I'm a huge quote person. Me too. Yeah. So I love what you're doing, what you were talking about doing with your with your car. That's such a great idea. It's super fun. Yeah. I, it, yeah. I, I started doing it because the I lived in New Orleans for 18 years. It's with my uh, my adopted. Well, it's it's my soul, a, a place that my soul will always feel a bit of home in. It's where I found myself in many ways. And anyway, I started it when the Saints went to the Super Bowl. Oh, and, nice. And, and I put up some stuff on there and, and it was so fun. People were honking and stuff. And I was like, man, I wish I could do this all the time. Wait, I could do this all the time. Yeah. And and only I were a motivational speaker. Wait, I am a motivational speaker. No, uh, and so yeah, I'm a big fan of quotes. They help me. You know, something came up for me when you're t- when you're talking just then that that for me a big part of the process and what I love about creativity in general, writing specifically, is that for me, 
It's a perpetual journey to make myself a better listener. Ah, yeah. And in the same way that I was saying that the great thing is in order to become a great writer, you write, you have to write a lot, which gives you the opportunity to write. It's the same with approaching it with mm -hmm. that level of consciousness. For me, when a when an idea emerges, I'm very often, I get, it's about creating quiet mm -hmm. so that I'm making room for that daydream. It's about creating space. It's about prioritizing it and listening deeply and kind of saying, what is it you're trying to say to me? What is right. the story this is pulling up in me? I've been percolating. I got, I'm working on a, I'm in the idea, ideation stage of a new book that really, speaking of prioritizing, I really just need to start prioritizing time. Right. It's, it's, it's in here on my yeah. notes, but it's very fundamentally, well, I, I got a mug on my desk that has a note, a, a line from a book, A Course in Miracles that says, where would you have me go? What would you have me do? What would you have me say? And to whom? Oh. Very much. That's very yeah. much my relationship with the creative impulse, you know, is just, what would you have me do? Where are we going with this? I, my guitar, sometimes I'll, an idea pops up and I'm just like, oh, okay. That moves me. Yeah. What are you saying here? And yeah. you're making that quiet for it to emerge. Right. Um, so tell me, what else have you got going on? You mentioned you've got another book in you that you're, that you're going to be working on. Anything else well, I tell you, you wanted to share? I have been on a joyful journey during the pandemic to, I had for a long time, speaking of wearing a lot of hats, I was siloing myself out and kind of saying, oh, I'm, I'm this thing or I'm this thing or I'm this thing. And during the pandemic, I really got to a place where I went, no, there is a through line. There's a, a coming together of all these things. And so a lot of what I'm doing right now is living into that and showing up to that more fully, showing up in the capacity that I know, hey, what I'm here to do is, is serve your story. And I do it with these different tools, you know, these different mechanisms. But if your story is not feeling like you'd like it to, or it's not showing up in the world the way you want it to, I help with that. You know, go check out my site nice. at, at yesbrianperry.com. But I have I have a new record coming out called Yes And, which ah, is a, a, nice. an allusion to improv, which I've been blessed to do some over the years. And and that one came out of the pandemic. And what I love, love, love about this record is that it's I changed the way I was writing. Typically, when I would record in the past, it was a song that I had played out a bunch. Obviously, that was impossible during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Typically, it was a song that I had really fleshed out and worked on before I went to the studio. Well, these songs are all songs that I kind of showed up to my microphone in my room with a word salad on the screen of thoughts and images and ideas and wrote it. And the recording is the first, second, third pass through it at the moment that I went, oh, it's a song. It's a song and it's telling the truth and it's saying what I wanted to say. So they're this raw, imperfect, but they're that moment that any writer knows when you're like, oh, that's something that yeah. I needed to say. So I'm thrilled about that. So I got Yes And coming out shortly. I got this the new website with everything integrated in, which I'm thrilled about. Now that we're being able to reemerge in the world, I'm hoping to be speaking a lot more. And I'm looking forward to digging into this a new book. So hopefully that'll be, I'm thinking probably spring on that, but we'll see. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Nice. Nice. And for the audience, we'll have links to to Brian's website out in the show notes that you can access all of his information and, you know, go out and check him out and see what he has out there. I'm anxious for the new record. I'll be looking for it once it comes out. That'll be I'm great. I'd just like to share it. It's And it's, yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to getting it out into the world. I'm a little bit nervous about it. I'm a lot bit nervous about it, but that's a, that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been a 
fabulous conversation. I've really enjoyed talking about creativity and and everything that goes around it. It's one of my favorite topics. Uh, it's been a so, privilege. You had mentioned that in the beginning, and I know we've probably gone a little bit long at this point, but you might ask me about what I'm reading. Yes. Can I drop that in there real quick? Yes, would love to know what you're reading. So, so uh, books that I totally recommend, Big Magic is a must read. Mm -hmm for any creative who's any person who's looking to live a creative life. Elizabeth Gilbert, Big Magic, must read. I've read it three times so far. I just finished Willie Nelson's autobiography. We call it It's a Long Story, and I loved it. I have never really been a big Willie fan, which is my my bad. I am now a big Willie fan, and I'm psyched to, want to get into his music more. And last but not least, I will say Mary Oliver. I read a whole lot of Mary Oliver's poetry. That's less relevant She's great, but what's important to me about that is that to me very much the job of the writer is to almost be an emotional journalist. And that requires us being deep observers of the details and the richness of the world. And poets often express those details so, right. so well that they help me direct my vision on an everyday basis when I'm going out into the world to notice little details where there's magic, you know. The way the light's hitting a puddle in a parking lot, the different things that as a writer, we then can direct people to more richer aspects of the world. So right. I recommend reading poetry whenever you can. Okay, awesome. <laughs> I love poetry. I have several books of poetry that I pull out regularly. Yeah, it's it's great. So, well, thank you so much. I know oh, it's been this a privilege. Been a great conversation. And thank you to the audience for listening. Yes, and thank you. Yeah, yeah. So check Brian out on his website, anxious to hear the new the new music and you know, looking forward to it. So thank you so thank much. You. And I'll look forward to, you know, the next time we have a chance to chat. Me too. Thanks, right. Jennifer. Be well. Right. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Author's Way podcast. I'd love to hear from you about any future topics you'd like me to cover or other authors you would like to hear from. Head over to my Facebook page, The Author's Way, like that page, and join a community of writers, authors, and fans. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. Thanks again, and I'm looking forward to seeing you next time.